Your love awakens me. Now I'm freer than free. I can't contain this joy I found. You fix the mess I've made with the price you pay, and I can't help but sing it out. This weekend, from wherever you may be watching, on your iPhone, on your iPad, uh, we're so thankful you've joined us. And I hope from wherever you're watching that you're safe, your family is safe, your home is safe. And we've been praying for you as a potential church family. We believe that God is in the midst of the storm, that God's not left us, that God's not abandoned us, but he's right here with us. And if you visit our website, potentialchurch.com, there's a webpage on there that says Hurricane Irma. You can check that for different updates, different ways that you can volunteer and get involved in the aftermath of the storm. You know, we believe as Potential Church that we're here to partner with people to be everything God created them to be. And I believe it's in times of tragedy, it's in times of uncertainty and in times of fear that God wants to use you and I, the body of Christ, to be a light and encouragement to others. And so it's our prayer that right where you are in your community, in your city, that God would use you to be an encouragement, to show the love of Christ, to not uh, back down in fear, but to step up in faith and to be a light in your community, to love on your neighbors and to love on those that God puts in your path. And right now, Pastor Troy is going to bring a word for us. But before he does, I just want to take a quick moment and I want to lift us up in prayer. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, right where you are, Father, we thank you so much for the gift of technology and being able to gather together as a potential church family in the midst of this storm. And God, I pray for every single person that's watching on the other side of that camera. God, I pray for protection for them, for their families. God, I pray for protection for their home. 
God, I pray for a stirred up faith in our hearts to know that even in the midst of this storm that you are with us, that you've not forsaken us, that you've not abandoned us, God. I pray that we would be full of faith that we would be full of joy. You tell us in your word in James, consider every challenge, consider every obstacle and opportunity for great joy because the testing of our faith develops that perseverance, God. I pray that our families, our neighbors, and our communities, God, that they would see a glimpse of you when they look at us. We pray for the surrounding areas, God. We pray that the storm would decimate, God, that it would uh, be ceased, Father, that there would be little destruction and little damage. Keep us safe. We love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you, and uh, let's continue to worship. Still, I'm still in your 
Father, we believe that this morning. We rest in you, Lord. So come on, church, and sing this with us. I hear you move. Come on, I see you move. And I see you move. You move mountains, and I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way where there is no way, and I believe. I see you do it again. I see you move, you move a mountain, and I believe, I see you do it again, you made a way, where there is no way, and I believe, I see you do it again, I see you move, you move a mountain, and I I see you do it again. You made a way where there is no way. And I believe I see you do it again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Come on, let's sing that again. Your promise. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. God, that's our confidence this morning. Father, we rest in you and believing in through the storm, Father, you are still God. You are still seated on your throne. Father, we find our hope, our refuge, our trust, and our strength in you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Somebody say amen. Thanks so much for worshiping with us. You may be seated. All right. Yes. Want to welcome everybody, whether you're watching online or at one of our campuses. Now, here's the reality. If you're watching this, that means that there has, uh, something's happened at our, where we, uh, what do you say, what's the word? Um, broadcast, thank you. Where we broadcast from. So that means that we thought the storm was coming and we had to cancel the weekend, or the storm did come. If you're watching online, you might be waiting for it. You might be in the middle of it. If you're watching at one of the campuses, um, something happened, like I said, at the broadcast. Now, we wanted to do this, and here at our Cooper City campus, we do have a fine group of people who have come out at... <laughs> 
We had several hundred show up at 6 for our book study, and then we have uh, several who are here at 8 o'clock so that we can worship together this, uh, this weekend. I think that's important. And I, I just want to, again, whether you're at one of our campuses or you're watching online, uh, Irma, you may know uh, at this time exactly where she is and what she has done, but no matter where she goes or what she does, we, we want to help. We want to be a part of that. So you go to potentialchurch.com. Even if you're at one of our services, you'll have an opportunity to engage. Maybe you got a pickup truck. That's what we had lots of when I was in Arkansas, or a chainsaw. I never used a chainsaw the whole time I was in Arkansas, and then I moved to South Florida, and during uh, one of the hurricanes, I got to use a chainsaw. I'm not sure that's the safest way to do it, but that's what I did. But if you have all of that stuff, you can go uh, to the website, sign up, and of course, resources are always the big thing that everybody needs. Now, here's what I want us to talk about. The scripture says this, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Now, and that's an important statement. Don't worry about anything. And in my Bible, I have that kind of highlighted, whether it be on an iPad or, or a physical Bible. But think about it like this. You can't, you can't apply that scripture until you have something to worry about, right? Don't worry about anything means that there's something I could worry about. So whether it be a storm or whether it be a doctor's uh, prognosis or whether it be an accident, whatever it might be, we really can't live that, uh, that scripture out. We can talk about it, we can sing it, we can proclaim it, but it's when there's something that we could be afraid of that the scripture says we don't have to worry about. And worry, remember, it's like meditation. It's where we turn over on our mind again and again what might happen, what could happen, what's probably going to happen. And, and I put this in my notes if you want to jot this down, all right? When it comes to worry. Don't worry about anything, it says. Instead, pray about everything. And, and here's the reason is, first of all, worry's unhelpful, right? Worry never moves you forward. What does it do? It freezes you. One of the worst things about hurricanes is that we know hurricanes are coming the moment they come off the coast of Africa. And so we've got two weeks to watch and wonder where in the world it's going to go. And it slows down everything. And the closer it gets, the more distracted we, uh, people become, wondering if it's going to go here or there. And there's preparation. It covers the news for a good 10 days before it ever gets here. And, and so it gets everybody... Uh, worked up, but there's, it's, it's not helpful. It distracts us from, from what we're called to do. It puts everything on hold. Worry is also unreasonable because most of the things we worry about, we have no control over. And, and so it's unhelpful, it's unreasonable, and then it's unhealthy, isn't it? I mean, you don't have to read very far at all before you realize that worry has an impact on our health. It impacts our immune system. It impacts our heart, it impacts our blood pressure, it physically impacts us, and therefore, it also tends to impact our relationships, it impacts our finances. I mean, there's really nothing about worry that's productive. The word worry literally means to, like, choke. And, and have you ever felt like you're being choked by worry? It's just, you just can't get the oxygen that you need. Now, it, it's important to recognize that so that we can then ask the question, so what do we do? What do we do in stressful situations? Because we're all going to have those. We're going to have things that happen that 
immediately create that feeling kind of in your, your, your gut. You're going to say things. But the question is, is can we believe what we say? Right? That's where I want to live. I don't want to just say I'm not afraid. I want to not be afraid. I don't want to just sing I believe. I want to believe. I, I, I want to trust. So how do we, how do we get there? Well, let's look at a, a scripture that is found in Matthew chapter 8, and I think we'll find some answers here, and pretty familiar story, maybe you've read it before, it's about Jesus, his boys, and they go out on the ocean, and there's a storm. In verse 23, it says, as he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. So Jesus and his guys, they all get in the boat, and they're off into the, you know, uh, big blue yonder. Verse 24, it says suddenly. And it's not always suddenly, but it always feels like suddenly, right? You're going through life, and whether it be an accident that is a suddenly, in this case, it's a storm. It says, suddenly, a violent storm arose on the sea. They're traveling at night, so it was rare to have a storm on a sea. The, the, um, the area in which they were, it was a deep body of water. It wasn't a very large body of water. But suddenly, it always feels that way, doesn't it? Even when you watch a hurricane come across the Atlantic Ocean, it still has that sense of, of, of suddenly because you weren't planning on it. You weren't expecting it in a sense. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, we found something. It's like, even though we all know we're going to get older and we all know that there are certain challenges that come with getting older, suddenly... There's always a, a sense of fear um, when, when things happen suddenly. Well, here, it, it, this is what happens here. It says, and suddenly there's this giant, violent storm. It arose from the sea. So the boat was being swamped by the waves. And he, who's he? Jesus is freaked out. No, he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't run to Walmart or Home Depot. What does it say? He was sleeping. Now, here's some things, again, I think this scripture can help us with. Number one, the storm represents unexpected problems, and we're all going to have those. We're going to have things that happen in our lives at a greater capacity maybe than we're prepared for, or happen when we least expect them, or happen at bad times. When I'm speaking this, I don't know when you're watching it or experiencing it, whether it be this weekend or some other time online, but when I'm speaking this, there's a, a storm that is out there. It's a large storm. It's hurricane season. Why would we be surprised that there's a hurricane that they say is headed in this direction during hurricane season? Because it's bigger than we expect. It's scarier than we expect. So even though it's hurricane season, there is this, again, this sense that it's not what we expected. It's not what we were hoping for. So you have a storm, and we all deal with these sudden, unexpected problems. But then it says, what does it say? A violent storm arose in the sea, so the boat was being swamped by what? Waves. So you have an unexpected problem, but you also have overwhelming circumstances. You ever feel like that? You ever look and you see, man, this is just, it's just crashing in on top of me. That's the situation. Because I think God wants us to understand. He wants you to understand that um, he can relate or that we can relate to, to what's going on here. I, I don't know, I, you know, you get that sense where you're, 
sitting and you just feel like the waves are coming in, like there's a million things you need to do before this surgery takes place. In this case, it's before the storm gets here. And every time you turn on the news, you're reminded of something else you didn't get done. And you're wondering, will what I'm hunkering down in protect me? Is it strong enough? Are the windows going to hold? They say they're hurricane resistant, right? Resistant. It doesn't mean that they're guaranteed. It's just all of these things, and it, it can fill up your life. And when our lives get filled up, our, when our time gets filled up, when our emotions get filled up, we feel uh, overwhelmed. And that breeds what? Fear. That there are things I need to do that I can't get done. It's that sense of, not be, again, not being able to breathe. Worry means to choke. And so here in the story we find in Scripture, they're out there, you know, they're on purpose, they're doing life, and then something they didn't expect at a... Uh, ferociousness that they didn't expect begins to overwhelm them and begins to come in on them. And I know that there are some of you who, even as you experience this teaching, that's the way you feel. You feel overwhelmed. I know for me as a pastor, if I'm not careful, I feel overwhelmed with the responsibility to take care of my family, to, to not only give them emotional energy, but to give some kind of leadership as far, uh, Stephanie and I, as far as, you know, water and all these other things. But then I feel responsibility as a pastor to make sure that the congregation is cared for. To, is there anybody that, you know, I don't want anybody to, to come to be harmed because they couldn't get up their shutters because there was no one to help them. And then there's the weight of... The, coming months and coming weeks and what's going to be the financial impact and how do we negotiate through that? What is our, all of that stuff and you're facing that in different ways and it can be completely overwhelming and that's what, that's what this story is about. You have the storm, unexpected, the waves are overwhelming and then the boat is inadequate, Right? I mean, the boat <laughs> is getting filled up. It's sinking. And if there's anything that comes from an unexpected, overwhelming situation is the realization that you and I are inadequate. I, I don't, I want to be as wise as I can, but I don't have enough wisdom. I don't, I don't see the future. I don't know what's going to take place. So when I read this story, I mean, I can, I can connect to it. I can... Um, relate to it. And again, we're going to see the answer, but I, I want us to identify with the, with the challenge. Unexpected, overwhelming, and, and inadequate. What do you do? Right? Some folks get negative in those situations. All you got to do is go to Walmart, go to Publix, go to Home Depot, and there are plenty of people that tell you how you're going to die. Um, and, you know, how all of these horrible things, you, sometimes you can even watch t television, cable news, right? There's a million things happening in our world. Some of us, right, you got this storm at this season. Again, I don't know when you're experiencing this service, but you've got this storm. Then you've got all the stuff that's going on in Korea. Then you've got Harvey and, and all this taking place in Houston. And then you've got um, the, a culture that's just kind of in chaos. You've got all of this stuff. How do, you, how do you deal with that? And then you've got your personal stuff, right? 
You got your, some of us are like, man, uh, this storm's coming. I'm going to be off of work. I'm behind on my bills anyways, and now I'm not going to get paid for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month. What am I going to do? Some of us, you, you got doctor's appointments, and they're serious because you got real things going on, and you don't know what the future is. You, you don't know when you're going to be able to get to the doctor or medicine that needs to be refilled. I mean, all of this stuff, all of this weight, all of these responsibilities, and I am so glad I'm a believer. I'm so glad that in this story, they have somewhere to go, aren't you? Is that when you feel inadequate and when the circumstances are overwhelming, and I mean, it seems to come out of nowhere, I am so glad I have somewhere to go that I can trust. And that's exactly what happens in this story. So you have an unexpected storm, overwhelming circumstances, inadequate resources, and they run to the Savior. And what do they find? (laughs) What's Jesus doing in the midst of this storm that came up suddenly that was overwhelming and they felt inadequate? (laughs) He was sleeping. And how many of you have ever felt that way? Where you're going through it and you're like, where are you, God? Where are you? I mean, do you not see the size of the waves? Do you not, Jesus, do you not watch cable news? Do you not hear what they're saying? And all you have to do is just make it dissipate, make it go away. That's the situation. And they respond. And I think the way that they respond is a lot of the way we respond. Let's read the very next verse, verse 25. So the disciples came, and they woke him up, saying, Lord, save us. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? We, it tells us not to worry about anything, but do what? Pray about everything. And then what's the next phrase? Tell him what you need. So I don't think there's anything wrong. Lord, save us. But what, what do they say next? We're going to die. Right? So they go to Jesus. They're like, Jesus, save us. We're going to die. This is not going to turn out well. Did you see the size of the waves? And did you see the smallness of the boat? But he said to them, why are you fearfully? Why are you fearful, you of little, little faith? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. There was an opportunity in this situation. And these guys get so caught up, we get so caught up, that we run and we not only ask for God to help, but we're overwhelmed with our fear. They're like, we're going to die. See, faith is a choice. It's It's not a feeling. It's a decision. And every single one of us Multiple times a day, we will either act in faith or we will cower in fear. Courage is not the absence of fear, this feeling of fear. Courage is moving forward in the presence of fear. Yes, that is a large storm. Those winds are incredible. And it could be catastrophic uh, where it hit. All of that is true. It's not downplaying the truth. It's not saying, well, it's really not that big. And, you know, what do weather people know anyways? They can't even predict the rain. I mean, they, they, no, no, it's not. No, no, it's, it's, that is real. 
But in the presence of that realness, I'm going to operate, again, not based upon what I feel, but upon what God's Word says. And it says that He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. I'm going to operate in that. I'm going to step forward in the presence of my fear in courage. Right? That's one of the opportunities that these kind of situations afford themselves. You of little faith. So, so, so what do we do? All right? I, I just wrote a few, uh, just jotted a few things down that I think can help us. The first thing, and, and we've already, already talked about this, is, but is ask for help. Is to be willing to admit, you know what, I can't handle this. This is, those are big waves. My boat is little. This is a challenging situation. I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what direction to go. I need your help. So uh, uh, that's important. It's important. The Bible says that if we'll humble ourselves, God will do what? He will lift us up. And so in humility to be able to go and, uh, to the Father and ask him to, um, to help us. Let me read that scripture, Philippians 4. Again, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he's done. If you do this, you will. This is not maybe, not if, not might. You will experience God's peace, which is more wonderful than a human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds, and you live in Christ Jesus. That's why James says that we can rejoice in trials. Why? Because you'll never know whether that scripture is true or not until what? Until the waves are big and the boat is small. And it's in those moments that you and I discover that God is exactly who he said he was and he can do exactly what he said he could do because God is not concerned about the storm. God is concerned about the purpose for which he created you and this is preparation to move you towards your destiny. This is your opportunity. This is my opportunity to experience God's peace in the midst of an overwhelming wave and an inadequate ship. And so I go to him and I ask him to do, just like, because isn't that what salvation is? I ask him to do for me what I cannot do for myself. See, this is my fear. If you're afraid, if you're overwhelmed with fear when it comes to Irma, how afraid are you going to be at death. You know, as a pastor, you get the opportunity to be there when people pass. And I, I read in scripture of Paul and Silas in prison and they're, they're, they, in other words, they face death with great courage. I think when we go through situations like this, it's opportunities to self-evaluate my faith. I don't say that in judgment of you, and I don't say that to downplay the the real um, challenge, the real overwhelmingness of the waves. But I, like Paul, want to be able to say, I have run a good race, and I have fought a good fight. Paul said it, whether I live, you know, or die. He he, he said, you know, to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He's, he, he's, he said, death, where is your sting? In other words, he had a faith that those around him could not deny in the circumstances that were overwhelming and he was inadequate. I want that in my life. This is an opportunity. 
to grow into that. Any of these situations are. So we ask for help. And we do that through prayer. The second thing I think we do is we question our fears. We question our fears. Psalms 27.1, I did a, a prayer. If you haven't, you can go to youtube.com um, backslash Troy Graham Lane, or you can just search my name on YouTube. And I spent some time looking at some of these scriptures and just praying about the storm, doing what that scripture said in hopes that it would bring us all peace. But Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I be afraid of? So I have to rationally step back and say, what is it that I'm afraid of? Is God all-powerful? That's what I've been saying. Is he everywhere? Is he all-knowing? Is he the first and the last? Is he sovereign? Question my fear to walk through my fear. Is God powerful enough? in this situation. Because I think when we question our fear, we come out to where David did in Psalm 27.1. I like the way the message says it. It says, light, space, zest, that's God. So with him on my side, I'm fearless, afraid of no one or nothing. And, and then here, here, here's the third thing, and, and, we, uh, and we'll close with this. I want to talk about this for a minute, is, is, is to we're going to trust him. We're going to strengthen our faith. And we're going to strengthen our faith by uh, trusting him. That's how our faith is grown. And there are lots of different scriptures that we could look at. Um, Matthew 6.34 says, give your, this is the message again, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Remember Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore what? I've got everything I need, right? I, I, I'm okay, and the reason I'm okay is not because of the size of my boat or the smallness of the waves. The reason I'm okay is because my faith is in him. The problem is never going to be the size of our God, is it? What's going to be the problem? <laughs> the strength of my faith. That's why the greatest enemy anybody that's a Christ follower has is doubt. That's why the enemy battles in this area of doubt. Because without faith, it's impossible, according to Hebrews, to please God. Why? Because without faith, you do not move forward. Without faith, you either freeze or retreat. Faith calls us to action. I am living not by what I see. I am not living by the circumstances I am experiencing. I am living by what his word says. And it's not just my words, it's my life. See, there are lots of folks who sing and preach and talk faith. They just don't live faith. See, real faith acts. And so I, I look at, again, this is I, uh, this opportunity for me to look at my life. Now, I want you to look at a scripture you've seen maybe before, and, 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 and this is what I wanted to close with because I think there's some power here. I had mentioned it uh, in our earlier book study for those of you that were able to experience that. But in Romans 8, there's a very familiar verse that, that we know, but I want us to walk through this, and, and then we'll pray. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know... That all things, 
that all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And we know, for we know, some translations say. Now, of course, again, the New Testament's written in Greek, for we know. And I would say that Greek word for you, but I can't, okay? I don't speak English incredibly well, let alone Greek. But the word carries the idea of, for we what we know today, it's based on, on something we've experienced in the past. For we know, this idea of foreknowledge, okay? And again, it's this idea, we know because of what we've seen God do in the past. Now, let's read it with that mindset. For we know, all things God works for the good, for we know. How do we know all things work together for the good? How do we know that? Well, it's referring back. If you read the whole chapter, it's referring back to these great saints in the past that God used to bring about um, reconciliation. In other words, salvation. How do we experience salvation? Through Jesus Christ. Well, that wasn't a late idea for God. The scripture says before the foundation of the world, he came up with this idea, right? This is God's plan. And so God intentionally brings about his plan working through these great saints of the past, all right? Now, not by forcing them to do something, but by working through uh, working through them. So we know all things work together for good. Why? Because we can look back on uh, the life of David, or we can look back on the life of Moses, or we can look back on the life of Joshua, and we know that all things work together for good. Not, And this is one of the great promises to believers uh, who have been called according to his purpose. For God, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to his likeness of the, the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among many uh, brothers and those he predestined he also called and those he called he also justified and those he justified he also glorified again we'll sometime in the future go through all that but basically what he's saying is that we know these things because of what we've seen God do in the lives of great saints of the past, what we've seen God do in our lives, and this is what he did to bring about salvation, okay? This is how God worked in their lives. But, and I want you to go on it and see the next, <clears throat> the next verse. What then shall we say in response to all of what we've, just, what we've seen God do? To bring about, remember what it said, it, talk, it talked about it, Jesus. So when we look back and we see how God worked to bring about our salvation through the cross, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also uh, along with him graciously give us all things? So again, and I just say all that to say, if God is for us, who can be against us? I say that to build your faith. Look to the great saints of the past and see how God has worked in their lives through challenges and through struggle. Remember what God has done in your life. Therefore, because we've seen God do these things, what can separate us from his love? Irma is small in comparison to what God has done in the past and the power that he has to act in the future. And that builds our faith, that builds our confidence, that builds our strength so that I am walking, I am living, not in fear, but in courage. Oh, 
is there anything... Is there anything that impacts your neighbor or your father or your child or your coworkers more than peace in the presence of big waves and an inadequate ship? See, faith not only impacts my life as a believer, faith cannot be denied by the people around me. My family knows that I'm here not there. I'm not ripping on anybody who is watching there, not here, okay? You have to do what God's called you to do in your situation. And so hear my heart on that. Minister where you are if you're in a hotel somewhere. But what I, what I am saying is, is that my faith that causes me to be here in order to minister on the other side of what might happen cannot be denied by my family, cannot be denied by my friends. The way you and I respond to what the doctor says can't be denied. It can't be argued against. So I challenge us on a day when maybe some of us are out of our homes, some of us are struggling with fear or the air is electric has been turned off, or maybe we're dealing with real loss. Something unexpected happened, a situation in the midst of a storm or um, a disease. I, I don't know what it is. I know they happen all the time. What will we do? What we do. My prayer is, is that we will walk in faith, trusting God, whether the storm comes or not. God's still God, right? The, de the determination of whether God is God is not upon whether the storm comes or not. It's not upon whether or not my cancer is healed or not, or my marriage is reconciled or not. Can God do all those things? Of course that he can. And we pray for those things and we fight for those things and we believe for those things. But because God is God, I have the strength to go through them no matter what may happen. Right? It's the fact that Daniel went into the lion's den. I celebrate the fact that he didn't get eaten, but if he would have gotten eaten, would God be less God? Shackrach and Benny went into the fiery furnace in the Old Testament. King Nebuchadnezzar threw them in. They were rescued on the other side. But is that what proved that God was God? Or would he still have been God had they been burned up in that fire? The faith that moves mountains is the kind of faith that believes. Right? Psalms 27.1 ends with that idea that even if I am surrounded, I will be confident. Paul had it. He somehow was able to say, in my weakness, I am strong. He was able to say that in the most difficult times, in the midst of prison, I will rejoice. Not because of my hopes in getting out, but because my God is gracious to get me through. What a mature faith. 
and this is our time. How, how are we responding? How will you respond? God's bigger than the waves and he's bigger than your boat. But will you trust him? I'm not looking for words. I'm looking for actions. Isn't that what James says? We're saved by a faith that does work. Not, um, not by works. Would you bow your head? Please, please hear me. I know that some of us are facing challenging circumstances in this moment. Some have to do with the storm. Some have nothing to do with the storm. I am not trying to make your problems small. I just want to remind you that your God is faithful. Father, we humble ourselves before you. And we fight against any destruction that the enemy might want to bring through storm or disease or loss or hurt. The enemy has no right. You died upon the cross and you resurrected from the grave. He is defeated. And so it is in that belief, in that faith that we just like those guys on the ship, ask you, help us. Don't worry, you tell us. Don't worry about anything. And we are praying about what is out in front of us or what we're dealing with in this moment. We are praying about everything. And we are asking that you would bring us a peace, a reminder that you are God, strengthen our faith, God. Help us to truly walk by your word. Be with those who are afraid. Be with those who are overwhelmed. Be with those that are having a hard time seeing you because of the size of the waves in their life right now. Lord, may your power be seen and may you be glorified. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. I hope, I hope that's encouraging to you. Um, I'm going to ask our ushers to come at our campuses and Again, maybe you're watching online, and this is an opportunity. If you're a part of the Potential Church family, this is an important time to be faithful in your, your tithes and your offering. But it's also an opportunity in faith. I'm not a wealthy person. I'm sure most of you aren't. I know we're not a wealthy church, but we're not, look, we're not allowing what we see in the bank account to keep us from what we're believing God will use us to do in the midst of difficult times. And when I say we believe that, I'm saying we're acting on that. We're moving forward in that. And I challenge you to do the same.
be generous. If you would like to help with your time or your skills or your chainsaw or your truck, go to potentialchurch.com and there's a place to give, there's a place to sign up, there's a place to do all of that. Your campus pastor as well will come and let you know what we're doing in your area, uh, however it might be impacted by this storm or the next one. Together we can make an incredible, incredible difference. Let me pray for our giving. God, I ask, is there anything, is there any, is there anything that takes greater faith than to give away what the world says is so precious. Again, God, help us to give in faith, not in fear. And I pray that what we give will touch the lives of people and it will impact their now and their tomorrow, their life here on the earth and their life eternal. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give together, all right?